would be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. Oh, listeners, as if this week of footballing comebacks could not get any more momentous. For the Hamlet returns with chat around Wealdstone, Woking, Weston, our highlights of the season and the coveted Ford the Hamlet Person of the Year. All that and much, much more coming right up. It's the final episode of the season and to record this ending episode is Hugo. Hello, mate. And Ollie. Hello. And me. Hello. Uh, The season has finished. We are over a week into, I suppose you call the off-season, the most recent memory being Western Supermare, and the fine finish to the end of the season. Yeah, uh, well we were looking back at the results when we finished April very strongly, three wins on the bounce, um, guaranteed safety, so by the time we travelled to Wealdstone we were already safe, that was a pretty resounding win wasn't it? Um, 3-1 away. Connor Hunt continuing to show his uh, his promise and prowess on the pitch. Another free kick from Cookie. Um, pretty pleasant result, that I thought. What did you guys think of that game? Sunny. Awfully sunny. It was. Balmy. Yeah. yeah. Great Balmy. game. In- interesting pitch. Uh, definitely an uphill jaunt uh, for uh, for them in the first half. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, pleasant game. It was nice to see us on, on form. Uh, yeah, like you say, Connor Hunt played particularly well. Uh, very enjoyable. Cookie's free kick was great because it was another one of his where he managed to get it up over the wall and down under the crossbar from very close in. Yeah. Now I turned to Jack at the time and said, you do not want to give a free kick away there, sunshine. <laughs> and um, they, they learnt to rue that mistake because Cookie fired one in. Um, it's one of those nice ones where it seems like hang in the net for yeah. again as yeah. Cookie's style seems to be um, yeah it was good um, Oyster Card Away Day always nice although it was a bit of a trek home on the Metropolitan line um, yeah, it took forever yeah uh, and then we played Woking at home Yeah, uh, last home game of the season uh, Easter Monday first ever segregated game at Champion Hill yeah um, another landmark ticked off <laughs> from this season <laughs> Um, what do you guys think of that game? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> but I mean, Woking should never have been in our league. And, no. and like when we played Torquay as well, they should never have been in this league. So you're playing against them, not really being that bothered about the result because I don't want to say it's not fair. Well, actually, they're full time, aren't they? So really, it's not fair because they're training what an extra two times a week uh, so it was just a game to watch and hope that we could stay in it for as long as possible really but I think their quality told yep Reese Alassani back at Champion Hill scoring braces strange celebration when he cupped his ears to the fans well I think I don't know if that was to he... our fans or if, to Coventry if he knew the game was being <laughs> get you to Coventry um <laughs> He didn't celebrate for the first goal, and then he did for the second one, which is a bit weird, yeah. I, I thought. Um, I don't know what that was about. He looked good, though, which is nice to see. Mm, yeah, obviously still a fine player. Yeah. And um, would expect to see him playing a bit higher up 
um, at some point. Uh, a bit of gloss put on that result with the Aryan Tajbash screamer from the edge of the box. Yeah. Um, sadly, a mere consolation. Um, I was actually standing uh, behind the goal, but to the left, so in between the goal and the corner flag, um, behind the railing in the second half. And he tried to chase, or he tried to chase down a loose ball and didn't get there. And his momentum took him into the crowd and into my mate next to me. <laughs> and uh, my mate kind of like softened his blow and like tried to help him back up. And Harry just, just looked at him and went, fuck off. <laughs> he turned around and ran back. And my mate was like, what? <laughs> and then two minutes later, he scored that goal. <laughs> He's definitely a man with a game face, isn't he? He yeah. seems quite bolshy on the pitch. And obviously we've seen like a few moments, I think, where like his sort of, personality has bubbled over a bit on the pitch but seems like a good character he's good at the bar that's was, for sure. was it you that asked how to pronounce his surname <laughs> it was me yeah excellent Spinek, mate for fuck's sake <laughs> well we, like we're him. yet to really be corrected on this I so, like him. he's uh, plucky yeah <laughs> the Tash lives to fight another day maybe we can get him on the podcast next time <laughs> round that would be terrifying um, it finished 3-1 didn't it did yeah and then working uh, got some flares out because it was their first ever away win so they were a bit excited <laughs> uh, there was a flare on the pitch which I think they tried to blame on us afterwards which is interesting um, but I didn't I didn't meet any of them but there was some singing Tommy Robinson songs outside the station I think afterwards. yeah there's the video that went well, around good. wasn't there of um, them singing yeah at East Dulwich Station afterwards which is uh, yeah bit unsavoury but uh, boring yeah um, I hope they get re- I hope they get promoted quite frankly <laughs> they get relegated well if that was an option I'd like it to happen <laughs> but uh, no they probably will get promoted that is top like relegated out of the top Twitter bad <laughs> they get relegated uh, and then uh, after that it was Weston wasn't it I'll lose Ooh, track just a bit Last just game a bit of the season how much was the train down well <laughs> we're too another, much are we doing another plug for South West Railways <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> it was pissing it down when we got there really horrendous Storm Hannah is it Storm Hannah Storm Hannah yeah it's imminent it was and Storm Hannah landed in a big way while we were there and you know I'd say kind of followed us around with quite a large presence over the course it of our time pushed there. us around it good, did good for kites though no one had a kite. Mm. No, although we were directed to a kite shop by uh, by our Airbnb hostess Janine, who Hello. deserves a mention. Hello, Janine. If uh, you're listening, she will be. Um, Ollie, how did we end up being with Janine for such oh. a long time? We booked an Airbnb, didn't we, as a group? As a... I totally did not see the private room in a house instead of whole house no on the listing it transpired that I'd booked <laughs> I'd booked an Airbnb with two bedrooms for five lads <laughs> and the hostess quick math who uh, put the listing up actually lived in the house so we had six of us in the house and a parakeet and a parakeet seven Bernard. in a way um, <laughs> named after her late husband oh yeah shit name <laughs> uh, <laughs> but not only was Janine in the house with us at all times. She was very friendly and we spent a lot of time with her all of our waking hours in the house, really. It felt like you it. Could, you could say, yeah, it's, it certainly felt like it. Um, Two cooks breakfasts over the weekends, bless yeah. her. 
Yeah, absolutely delightful. Couldn't have made our stay in Western more Pay personable. Right, right. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, good. And there was a hot tub. There was. I started my Saturday in a hot tub and ended my Saturday night in a hot tub. So there's too many people who can say that. Yes. <laughs> we frequented uh, Weatherspoons at one point and... At one point, we were there for about yeah. <laughs> most of the afternoon. And what else happened? Ollie met a rat in a pub that ended up cleaning his teeth. Did. That, that went was, viral on the internet. Was, I'm sure most of you have seen it online. Yeah, that was totally normal. And then that was a... Which way around happened with, with that and you getting in a headlock in Yates's wine bar and being told oh, that I can't remember which some guy which. wasn't going to hurt you. Yeah, I danced with the wrong lady in Yates's wine lounge. <laughs> Dancing with the wrong lady is a really good way of putting it. <laughs> well, we were there watching the Liverpool game, weren't we? And they started putting like tables on chairs and chairs on tables, that sort of vibe, to suggest that maybe it was shutting up. Tables no, on No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Far from it. If anything, it was just getting going. And a DJ came on, some garage classics were dropped. We were hitting the dance floor. Sun visors came yeah, they out. Yeah. The table with fancy dress. Yeah, some paraphernalia, glow bands. Yeah, all free. We should add. Oh, yeah, crap. Um, and after a few more shows, so I would never pay for it. Um, you were dancing with the wrong woman. I was dancing with the wrong lady. Had a little dance off. Actually, all, you stumbled at one point and almost headbutted her. <laughs> and then, about half an hour afterwards, she actually purposely headbutted someone near the toilets, and a yes. fight broke out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm glad she didn't take kindly to my dancing, really, because I could have got myself into the wrong. Yeah, you really could have done. I could have got into myself into a situation there. So. She could really handle herself. Yeah. Mm. It would transpire. Yeah, but no, but it was nice to see you in a headlock with a guy whispering in your ear, I just don't want to see you get hurt, mate. <laughs> well, stop hurting me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? We so that's some lovely windy walks, didn't we, along the seafront? We did. I met up with a lot of other Dulwich fans that were there for the weekend. It was It was amazing. Uh, how many people came out for the match? Massive turnout, yeah. Um, but only five of them had plastic palm tree beveraging vessels. Potentially. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah? They made the weekend. Yeah, they did. Uh, including uh, Vicky at the Brit Bar, who decided to start pouring our drinks into them, bless yes. her, which was greatly appreciated. That was good. The Brit Bar was brilliant. Excellent music. Oh, yeah. Good for... Games of fives. And press-ups. And press-ups. Yeah. Who are we? <laughs> Children. We were staging a stag do, obviously. <laughs> a fake stag do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which you proceeded to tell everyone was definitely fake. They needed to know. I don't have a wife. She <laughs> I've means been, nothing to me. I've been single since the day I was born. <laughs> since. As. As. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but also pretty much true, yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was a good time, wasn't it? We haven't even touched on the game yet. Um, there was a football match? Oh, there, no, Briefly, there was a yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was... It was well windy. It was very windy. Like I like, say, Storm Hannah was making her presence known. It reminded me of East Thurrock in the player finals two seasons ago. That was how windy it was, where balls were going in directly from corners because it was so windy. Yeah. Um, and we totally took over that main stand. It was just full of Dulwich fans. We did. The sun was out. It, it was really lush. It was girt lush, it were. Yep. Um, a few guest appearances from um, some 
social media legends. Dilcox was there, wasn't Dil he? Dilcox was there. Dilcox was Andy there. Brown of Andy Brown. 40,000 followers fame was there. Former chair of Bristol Europe, no less. And I Bristol believe for Europe. he was quoted as saying verbatim, he liked it. <laughs> yeah. what a glowing endorsement that he is he enjoyed the football post so. event he actually said he loved it oh did he oh. Particu- particularly the palm trees apology and um, um, apologies Andy Brown I've misquoted you <laughs> yeah he very much enjoyed it in uh, fact he fucking loved it so. <laughs> uh, the game itself wasn't particularly interesting really whoa 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 I was going to say apart from the most interesting bit of football we've had all year. Pre- <laughs> Preston getting injured and getting a proper comedy, like, bulbous <laughs> head because he got hit in the head. It was like it had been drawn on with red pen. And then at half-time, or at the beginning of the second half, outstrides Cookie in Preston's yellow kit and goes in goal because there's no keeper on the bench. Although Simon Jorgensen is on the pitch side talking to you as Cookie runs out onto the pitch. I was chatting to, I was chatting to him and uh, you, you, I was chatting to Simon and you come over and go, Cookie's gone in goal! And we looked at each other, myself and the tallest football player in the world, and I just saw him die slightly on the inside. <laughs> his shoulders dropped and his sort of, he went, why? Why is it? Oh, we've got an out for your player. I'm a goalkeeper. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. a substitute goalkeeper. <laughs> so I, felt, I did feel particularly sorry for him because he all he did was all he wanted to do is getting goal. But yeah, Cookie had a, did a sterling job. He's great. <laughs> From about forty six minutes to about eighty six minutes, what's <clears throat> solid forty minutes of goalkeeping? Well, one for your football trivia fans out there. Uh, Cookie's brother, Reese Charles Cook, is a goalkeeper and was at Arsenal's academy, went to Coventry for a bit, and ironically is actually playing in Denmark at the moment. So there's your little... Has he not come back, though? Might have come back, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> but he has he has been to Denmark, uh, so there's your little... Here he is. Yeah, he's at Shrewsbury. Okay. Not in Denmark. No. Shrewsbury, Copenhagen. There you, you know. go. Jack Bagnall was one for you. Um, he was at Sondskir. Good accent. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> well, as we were saying, he was having a great game in that. Kept a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, left with a clean sheet because he got sent off in the 90th minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, Very close to the end of the game. For throwing an elbow at someone <laughs> when Weston had a corner. Um, so he was dismissed we'd already used all our subs and big Dan Thompson uh, runs back from his striking position to go to go in the net himself and uh, finish the game our third goalkeeper goalkeeper. second outfield have you ever seen that happen before three goalkeepers never in my life yeah well I think you did say on the last podcast that you always get something a bit quirky on the last day of the season weird wacky results but we had more goalkeepers than we did goals that afternoon. The other thing I really enjoyed about that game, particularly in the second half, was there was a, <laughs> a five or ten minute spell where we were well, we were well on top for pretty much all of the second half. But for five or ten minutes of that, Luke Quinadio would just stand the ball up to the back post after coming on as a substitute, <laughs> and Jay Rich Bagley would try an overhead kick <laughs> for like three times in about ten minutes, and he air kicked 
Every single one. <laughs> yeah, Jerich Bagley, like everyone was playing out of position, weren't they? Jerich Bagley did a spell up front with not too much joy. <laughs> it's just a free throw. <laughs> but everyone had fun. That was yeah. amazing. Have we talked about the goal yet? No. Because the goal was pretty incredible. Tack Raskin. Yeah, mm-hmm. he like flicked it up for himself on the edge of the box and That's then just right, smashed yeah. it. And yeah. uh, it was great. And there's a new chant for him as well, isn't oh, yeah. there? Um, Who can remember it? I've got no idea. Come on. Come on. Ari and Tash Bash, come on. Come on. Come on. Ari and Tash Bash, come on. We're all going down the pub. <laughs> and um, that's quite accurate, isn't it? Because we did go to the Western Supermare Club bar on the final whistle. For four days. And it did feel about four days that we were there. How long were we there? Six hours? Genuinely, Three, six, six hours. Six, yeah, yeah hours, that's yeah. not that's not an understatement. We essentially is it? crashed the end of year party. <laughs> in, the season awards. Awards. in the season where they've been relegated for the first time <laughs> in their history. What they really needed was a bunch of pissed Dulwich fans <laughs> gate crashing their party, staging did. a stag do at the same time. <laughs> yeah, making children cry. Uh, it's probably only funny to us. So should we pick up the highlights, Jack? Got started on by a couple of kids because he booted their football into the car park. Yeah, they cried. Yeah. Um, I said that the barmaid smelled nice and yeah. for f- four hours she thought, she overheard that and thought that I'd said she was overweight. Oh, good. So I had to iron things out with her. You also exclaimed your love for her after about four hours yeah, and got after, her name wrong. After that little incident, we decided we were in love and... Yeah. You flirted with her by telling her that you look a bit like the leader of Chechnya. Yeah, I did, yes. <laughs> yes, I did say that. <laughs> we tried to play football bowling at one point and got told off. Yeah, there was, by a, barmaid. There was a Skittles alley in yeah. the yeah in, Skittles, in the sorry. bar, which is a thing apparently. We drank so much Thatcher's I was about to get about 19 pints of Thatcher's each. Thatcher's yeah. haze specifically. Yeah, specifically well. Sweet nectar. Um... Bill Cox was on form. Yes. Got a late train home. Uh, what else happened? Obviously, the, the allure of staying in the bar with us that long was clearly quite strong, but <laughs> he let his dad go home and he stayed out with us. Uh, was there anything else that happened? We had some junior rabble on tour from Torquay that came up for the game. Not specifically in the bar oh, for yeah. six hours, but that was quite nice to see some uh, Torquay fans that had come up and changed their allegiances for the last game of the season. Yep. I've just remembered um, Dan Thompson was sick on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some interesting, um, not to be outdone on the social media front, but there were some good uh, Instagram stories from the players on their coach back to London, um, singing into the mic. Uh, who Was it George Essman who got topless at one point and just started being really weird? It was, isn't it? Yeah, he's a bit of a boisterous character by the looks of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that coach looks interesting on the way home. <laughs> um, we didn't go home to the following day. Yeah, we had another night with Janine. Um, <laughs> Ollie and I had a session under the stars in the hot tub. Um, yeah, it's a great trip all round. And it's, it's a shame that we won't be going there next season, I think. But mm. maybe... Maybe once is enough. I was just thinking that. Like, just the one memory. You don't want to soil it. It was interesting because when the fixtures were announced, we obviously decided Torquay would be 
the one to go to being you know essentially one of the best teams in the division it's we know the area quite well so it'd be good good away day and then western was the sort of second one that we picked wasn't it it was like last game of the season we'll do it and it just because of the way the league transpired and we didn't need to win the game it, it turned out to be not an important game so I think we were quite relaxed we could have quite a lot of fun that, that sort of played within our yeah it was it was it, it was good circumstances for us to be there yeah um, and also for them too in a way because they were already relegated like they they just needed to complete that fixture didn't they mm. their fate was already sealed unfortunately um but yeah, that capped off the season, didn't it? Um, and what a season. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts as a whole? Are you happy with 14th? I actually think, I, I genuinely think I predicted we'd be 14th at the beginning of the season. Oh, how convenient. Yeah. I genuinely think I did. But what with changing uh, stadiums, or changing grounds... 40 players in and out the door, management moving stuff around. I think to be promoted and hold your position in the league is, you know, as well as we could have hoped for. Yeah, considering uh, we didn't win away for for the the whole time that the clocks had changed. Yeah. For like six months. Good record, Pat. Yeah. Uh, 14th is a miraculous achievement, really. Hmm. Uh, and also considering the player turnover, like you say, and it goes to show as well that if you put a bit of a small run of form together at any point in the season, like we did towards the end of the season, you're more than likely going to stay up because there are teams not picking up points every week. Like, Yeah, yeah there was that week, wasn't there, where like no teams in the top half won. Yeah, and that just sort of shows you how volatile it is in this division. Um, if you were to look at a sort of turning point, how big do you think the signings of Maskell and Tajbash were? Because to me, I think that I don't know if we just stayed up. That honestly. was where, yeah, I think they've been excellent and really sort of turned the tide of what was quite a bad run of form. I think losing or agreeing to release Cargbay or however he left. Like losing a player like that who's been so key in the middle of the pitch, that was huge. Like, not to, no, not to mention Ash Carew, but I feel like Cargo was probably more important to us, really, this season as a player and the role that he performed. And I think that losing him could have really, really screwed us if we hadn't got in a replacement. Yeah, it's just a shame that it took a bit of time. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think we would have gone down. Or it would have gone to it would have at least gone to the last day if we hadn't assigned mask and Tajback and yeah I don't think it would have been as Jamie Maskell of course scoring the Dulwich Hamlet goal of the season on his debut at Champion Hill on his sort of second debut yeah yeah um, that was against Hungerford. Nyron, I think, crosses the ball. Quite a long cross from the left hand side of the pitch. Side from Holly, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was nice actually. Yeah. Um no, it was nice to see him uh, walk away with the prize from mm. the awards evening. 
um, on Friday as someone who's come back and done, done a good job at his former club. Good luck to him at Charlton next season if he uh, if he's going to be fighting for a first team place there. He's so good. He's a very, very good player. for our level, I think. I think he'd probably make it in the league. Hope so. Um, although, obviously, always welcome back here if he fancies it. Uh, we were going to do our own categories for this season and give out some, maybe not awards, but shouts at least. And then, honestly, the same day I was going to do it, Brixton Buzz did it on Urban. <laughs> so I'm just going to steal that, I think, as a basis. Sharing is caring. Yeah. Um, so let's go through them. Best home game of the season. Hugo? Um, I actually have a few, quite a few for this. Um, I think obviously like the sentiment of the Boxing Day game at Eastbourne and the fact that we won was good, but it's almost as more of a relief than an enjoyment necessarily. I didn't enjoy that game. Yeah. Really. Um, but it's obviously worth a mention for its uh, significance. Um, I think the ones I enjoyed probably were Welling and Dartford because those are two teams who at the start of the season were like quite local, bigger rivals and we deserved to win both those games and we did pretty comprehensively. Like we totally outplayed Dartford if you remember that game. Um, um, But yeah, I felt like the games at Champion Hill, since we moved back, we're going to talk home games, they either fell into two categories. They were like ridiculous in a fun way or they were just pretty dire. Like when we got beat, it was never that fun because we were always, we like we got smashed, but that only happened a few times. But then there were games that were just quite ridiculous, like the Truro game, the 3-2, yeah, the yeah. Hemel-Hempstead game, which is 3-3. Yeah. Um, so... At the Billericay game, I put in that as well, two two. Um, but yeah, it's just nice that we've come back home and actually turned it into somewhere where we're consistently quite good. What have you guys enjoyed at home, Ali? I enjoyed the Billericay game, just for the for all of the banter that we were having with them, and it was really busy as well. I don't tend to enjoy. The games when they're that busy, but yeah, just it was sunny, everyone had really yeah, good time. Really hot that day. It was good. Yeah, so I'd probably say a bit Ricky. No mentions of any tooting home games so far? Yeah, well, actually, I was going to say, uh, one of them that I really enjoyed was the home win against East Thurrock. When we beat them 2-1, and it should have been 10-1. And then it was, that was when Dippo scored in the last minute. Oh, yeah. And we destroyed them for the whole game. And I remember thinking... Oh, maybe we're going to be all right at this level because East Thurrock were terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was quite a nice moment in in that kind of sense. And when we beat Chippenham 2-0 at Tooting, when Dippo scored twice, and it was just a comfortable routine win, uh, which was another point where I thought, yeah, we're fine. This is great. Uh, <laughs> little did I know. <laughs> uh, but I think after we went back to Champion Hill... Um, Games that stand out. Billy Ricky game, just because of what happened on the pitch. Uh, and the Hungerford game, again, because it was a routine win. 
and a glimpse of what could have been. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, if we'd have been a bit more consistent and a bit more resilient away from home and matched our home form to that. Um, it was kind of, a, you know, it was, it was the win of a team going for the playoffs, really. Just a comfortable dispatch of a, a team mm. that was struggling. So that was enjoyable for me. We're need we're going to need to be that good at home, if not better, if we're going to challenge for the playoffs next season at all. So, be interesting to see. Best away game of the season. Uh it's so hard to say. I mean, <clears throat> let's do a best away game on the pitch and off the pitch. On the pitch, <laughs> um, it might well be that they go together, but might not. <clears throat> On the pitch, Woking, because it just felt sat- so satisfying to go there and be like, yeah, we can compete with this lot. And they were really good that day. I don't know if we've necessarily deserved the win, but we got it. And, like, you know, I celebrated that iffy Allen goal. Like, he was my favourite player of all time. Like, I could barely remember his name a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> But uh, no, that I think for me that was the best on the pitch. And then all all the flip side is like the Wheelston game a couple of weeks ago where we just went there and smashed it. Yeah, and we looked mm. unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, there's a good, there's a positive attitude for the team in the Wheelston game, wasn't there? Definitely, it was excellent. It was good to see. And the Woking game, I don't think anyone expected us to win it because of Woking's form. To go there into their fancy pants ground with one good stand and and win take that away was huge so you know that's helped us finish 14th in the league definitely that was I think the first away day where personally I turned up and thought fucking hell what are we doing here like why are we here <laughs> like, it's not like you're going to a ground like Chippenham's or yeah. you know you turned up and you could see the ground from like half a mile away because of that stand and there's like there's a flood of people walking through like local parks and stuff. Yeah, and that that was the first time I turned up and had a bit of like imposter syndrome. It was a bit like, what's going on? This is a proper step up. It did feel like that, and like because we were the first goal went in uh, really early on. Yeah, and we were like we were yeah. right at the back of that big stand up in the clouds. Yeah, like in the new camp. Yeah, yeah, we was like, oh, like. Nosebleed section. You know, coming to like the Stadium of Light or something and seeing like your team like yeah. score one in yeah. and like this this little pocket of away fans like <laughs> kicking off. Like we it must have looked so pathetic from the outside, but I couldn't have been more happy that in that moment. Um, so yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I, I think I agree with you on the pitch woking for me for all of those reasons. Uh, and particularly that game um, he deserves a mention Sanchez Ming I still just remember him in that game was just huge he was amazing like one of the best performances I've, I saw him give in a Dulwich shirt he was brilliant um, and every player that game played out of their skin um, it was great to watch so I totally agree Oli what do you think on the pitch yeah working for me talkie off the pitch yeah. Straight into it. Yeah. Talking off the pitch. See the previous podcast. <laughs> yeah, I echo those those feelings that it was a it was a good laugh that one and one that we'd always sort of marked as one that was going to be pretty fun. You've obviously just heard about our 
escapades in Western, I would put that up there as well. It was a, a really fun weekend. Um, Bath. Bath? Like for the ground. Yeah. Um, and just for the sort of sense of occasion too. Um, like for the for that six month drag where we forgot how to perform away and you know we were trekking off to places like Concord and East Thurrock and Hemel Hempstead which have a lot less about them than these seaside towns uh, you know the, the few that stand out do make it worthwhile and when when you do win away is nothing better really is there um, yeah any for you uh, Western 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 was just brilliant uh, everything that I'd hoped it would be uh, ridiculous and stories quite a bit more crazy game <laughs> uh, and a lot of great memories yeah uh, so yeah Western hands down for me uh, best away game of the season uh, worst oh this is a question or a category worst home game of the season oh um <laughs> I think Slough and Bath were the two home games that followed Eastbourne when we were back at Champion Hill and we were pretty shit in both of them. Yeah. And the ground was still sort of getting used to suddenly having so many people. Yeah. As were our amazing staff and volunteers. So, I don't know. Like, you can sort of bear it when you win. But yeah. when you lose as well and we were shit, those games were both pretty disappointing. Um then I don't know how how do you guys look back at the sort of tooting era um, I actually despite travelling all the way there every game I quite enjoyed it I quite enjoyed the views um, but I do have some bad memories I have a, a very bad memory of the Western game when we were 3-1 up <laughs> going into the final 10 minutes and I think they were bottom and we drew three all. Yeah, they were uh, bottom, and they also had arrived like ten minutes before kickoff. Yeah, Gavin did make a point in his post-match interview that their attacking three was some of the best attackers we faced all season, which was a which was a valid point because they did think they were good. But just like again, yeah. we've talked about it on recent podcasts, just manage the game a bit better. Um, that was a particularly low point, and um, losing at home to Bath at Champion Hill. Just because we were totally outplayed yeah. and it looked like men against boys. Yeah, it did, when didn't it? I don't think it really should have been. I think that was one of our lowest points. I agree. It was one, it was one of the few times where we did we, we were just totally out yeah. outclassed. Like it wasn't that like we were being stupid or more stupid than normal. It was just that we didn't even have a chance from the get go. Yeah. Ollie, worst home game? There's there's been a lot of home games that have been entirely forgettable. Like you mentioned Bath and Slough, and I have no memory of them whatsoever. Because I think there's been some really mediocre performances that people have just ch- chosen to forget because you don't, don't stand any sort of <clears throat> recognition within within the season. So I think, yeah, I think I'd, I'd back you on those because... They've already left the ether of my brain. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll kick off worst away game this season. 
there are a few to choose from. Oxford comes into my mind, but I didn't actually go to that. Yeah, um, none of us went, did we? No, so, yeah, but a lot of people have said that that's the worst away yeah. game of the season. Which Having is, had to watch the highlights for this podcast, yeah. that was no very enjoyable. 4-0 no. <laughs> down at half-time. Um, I suppose on the pitch you could say Torquay, not off the pitch. <clears throat> but for me, it's uh, St Albans, just because that was an away day that should have been so much fun. And it kind of was fun, but it just but the performance on the pitch was... Just non-existent. It wasn't even that bad. It was just yeah. such a. <clears throat> it was so sluggish, wasn't it? A non-event. Yeah. Of, on the part of both teams, and we lost. To, it was like a tenth-minute penalty, wasn't it? And the pitch was terrible. And yeah, it was just that. That was the game that I suppose didn't live up to my expectations. Like. Yeah, I guess that's a good way of looking at it too. Yeah. Um. What about you? Hmm. Yeah, I think <clears throat> that little spell that I mentioned of <clears throat> like Hemel, East Thurrock, Concord, just none of them were particularly memorable at all. Not very fun. Nothing really endearing about those places. Um, but the lowest ebb of the season sounds like it was probably Oxford because we hadn't quite hit the good form that we saw out of the season with. And maybe did it even follow like quite a decent performance or at least a win? Yeah. Um, and it was just so disappointing that we went there, a team who finished round about where we did. Yeah. Barely any better than us. And they just absolutely smashed us. Yeah. Um, we gave away two penalties. Yeah. So, yeah, probably has to be Oxford, even though I didn't see it firsthand. Ollie? What was the question? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Worst away game. Uh, I really... When we got to Wealdstone, I was so pissed off just because of the trek to get there. And it was just a nightmare. Okay, well... Fair enough. 1-3-1. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, that turned around because in the end it was a great game. But um, I've actually not been to that many away games this season due to various other commitments but I would have liked to go to Oxford but it turns out I'm really glad I didn't yeah. so it sounds like it was a total shit show um, favourite away ground mine is Bath I think yeah I think Bath St Albans and Torquay for me yeah Torquay for me because it reminds me of probably the first foot match I ever went to see is it Playmore? It used to be Playmore. Nice. I like baths because you can go for a pee and still watch the game in the toilet. Handy. That's good. Macca claimed that you could do that at St Albans, but... I think he was just pissing into the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphor for the season. <laughs> um, Brixton Buzz have included best catering, which I find is quite a bizarre category. Does yeah, anybody buy any food at football? No. I've got nothing for that. What's your favourite moment of the season? Um, that can be on the pitch, off the pitch, online. My, my favourite bit, and I can say this because it doesn't involve you two, it involves Jack and Jules, who Jack's featured on the podcast before, and everyone knows Jules. We got matching promotion roundabout tattoos to celebrate 
the party that we had on promotion day. That's your moment of the season. <laughs> That's my moment of the season. It's brilliant. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I mean, obviously, getting back into Champion Hill, that was pretty big, but palm trees on the tattoos. <laughs> Hugo? Um, we should point out that Hugo doesn't have a palm tree tattoo. Loser. Yeah, my moment was probably when you got the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I don't know, like, I think. We talked about that session after the game in the Western Supermare Club bar. And in terms of just how... Just the sheer happiness that I felt in that bar session was really quite enjoyable. And I don't think I would have been that happy if we hadn't finished the season so strongly. I definitely wouldn't have been that happy if we'd been relegated. Probably wouldn't have been there at all if we'd been relegated. Um, But I don't know, just being with like close friends after what has been a pretty difficult season, been a bit of an ordeal at times with all the stuff that's gone on off the pitch and with getting used to this new team and a lot of like pretty diabolical performances at times, just being able to sit back, have a sigh of relief and enjoy that final day of the season was really, really, really nice. Um, Nice. Yeah. That's a nice favourite moment. Mm. I think as well, like... Seeing like the fact that new fans still come to the club for the first time and kind of seeing it with new eyes, seeing it through their eyes as well has been nice. Just that it's a little bit of a reminder that it is quite a special club and that it is so welcoming to new supporters who still want to come. Um, and having Champion Hill back is obviously a massive part of that being able to be possible. Um, I mean, I haven't talked about any football there, really. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Um, I think that's a great, great favourite moment or favourite aspect of the season. How about you? Uh, honestly, mine is... You can't say my tattoo. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Okay, worry. good. Uh, mine is being... Five or six pints in, in the blazing sunshine in Hamburg on Altona's pitch. Of course. After we played Altona in a pre-season friendly during the pre-season tour of Germany. When the World Cup final was on and a number of us, anywhere at any given point between five and 15 of us playing headers and volleys. Uh, on the pitch. And the sandiest pitch ever. Yeah, I honestly, that the pre-season trip, yeah. um, the whole thing was just brilliant. I have so many amazing memories from that and I'm forever, I will forever be grateful to everyone who helped organise that. Um, being on the pitch at that first game at Falca after the game, again being pissed. Playing headers and volleys. Then there was about a hundred of us, including including junior caddy. (laughs) Um, That was great. And then we just repeated it again on the Sunday while France are winning the World Cup. There's a group of us getting sunburned, smashing volleys into the roof of the net, smashing volleys out the ground, falling over, 
Uh, you broke your glasses. Yeah, smashing glasses. <laughs> Reading glasses. <laughs> uh, and one of my favourite bits was it would get to a point where people would think, oh my God, we've been doing this for two and a half hours. I've had enough. And then there'd be like two people playing and it would be a bit quiet. And then you'd all go and sit down and then you'd look back up again about 20 minutes later and someone else has got another um, you know, burst of energy and gone back out onto the pitch and it all started up again. That was honestly probably the happiest moment of my season. That was just brilliant. I loved it. God, yeah. It seems so, so long ago. It does. Yeah. A season that started in Hamburg and ended in Western Supermare. Couldn't have got better. <laughs> Would you have it any other way? <laughs> Absolutely not. Good. <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> that was honestly, I think, the highlight of my season. It was that has so been good. a crazy, crazy season. Yeah. yeah. I, like, it is. it does just feel like one of those seasons where in 20 years' time we'll look back and be like, like that was a bit of a mad one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, feels like that for me. Like, definitely. Um, yeah, Hamburg was amazing, wasn't it? What was your favourite moment, though? Favourite bit of Hamburg? No, your favourite moment of the season. She said the tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I can't could, believe that's your answer. I, I, could, I probably forgot. I mean, it. My favourite, my favourite bit of Hamburg is playing in goal against Ash Carew and saving one of his free kicks his signature figure that, that was I mean I'll forever talk about that that was amazing oh actually another great moment from Hamburg is when Ash Carew turned up to training after they'd all been out on the Reaper Barn in his sunglasses <laughs> and yeah. trained in his sunglasses <laughs> yeah that was excellent and then when I asked him about it the day after after the game against Altona he just winked at me and said I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing apparently they still went out the night before that Altona game and we Still won like four one. Yeah, but we're definitely staying up <laughs> after that. So Walter Figueroa scored a banging goal. Um, who or what was your biggest disappointment of the season, Ollie? Christ, that wasn't my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get it's a valid answer to be fair. <laughs> uh, when I heard that we'd signed the tallest player in the world as a as a substitute goalkeeper for Preston, I was gutted that Preston might be leaving. And then I watched him play, and he was wasn't as good as I thought he would be. And then that was a bit of a disappointment in itself. And now there's potential that Preston's leaving and doesn't have a substitute. So. I think getting another goalkeeper was a bit of a disappointment for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, all in all, it just was a, a disappointing bit of kit by the management to get on board with. Fair. Hugo? Um, this is one that I've actually nicked off Will Clunas from what he put on the forum, but I couldn't really agree more. I think it was just the unceremonious departure of Ash Carew halfway through the season. Um, played his last few minutes for us at Hampton and Richmond Borough away, which, come to think of it, I think was one of the worst away days of the season. And um, I think you know we'd all we'd all agree that Ash has been a huge part of coming to Dulwich over the years, um, on and off the pitch. To be honest, because yeah. he's been a great player and a decent bloke. Um, so just the fact that we kind of let him out through the back door without much of a goodbye. Um, is a bit is a bit sad, bit um, bit sentimental, um, 
and yeah, just I think it's a shame that we couldn't have given him a proper send off. Yeah, I'm, and I have been trying to rack my brain for the last few days of what mine would be, other than Ash leaving, <laughs> and I can't think of anything. Mm. Um, yeah, I that is the biggest disappointment for me of the season by quite a long way. Uh, very strange that you wouldn't want to give a player of Ash's stature in the context of Alex Hamlet a send off. Yeah, I mean, I hope the club are able to do something over the summer with him in mind. I don't even know what his kind of contract situation is. We'll have a barbecue around here. You're more than welcome if you're listening, mate. Um, but yeah, that is a huge disappointment. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to, mainly because it's probably quite an obvious one, I'm just trying to see other people's responses uh, to this. Yeah. Uh, Moroccan Sunset has said that not winning the London Senior Cup was his biggest disappointment. Uh, I think that's probably in relation to our lack of interesting cups over the years in general. Um, yeah, it was like after last, uh, well, two seasons ago where we played a million games and got to the quarters of the FA Trophy. Um, this year has been pretty, very, very quiet on the cup front. Yeah, we. Um, I guess we did all right in the London Senior Cup. I don't think anyone ever expected us to beat Brentford B team, but um, yeah, it was a bit of a non non event the the cups this year. Yeah, concentrate on the league. We say. Well, um, and finally, uh, this is something we've talked about for at least the last couple of months. Um, well, actually, let's do two. Let's do best player, which Bix and Buzz have done. And let's do our person of the season as well. So who is your best player? Um, I think I've got three. And I'll finish with the one I actually voted for. So I'll go Nathan Green, Nathan Ferguson and Preston Edwards. Preston Edwards I voted for because I think without him, uh, we've, we've conceded a lot more goals. And I think he's just shown great leadership and character and even though I don't think he's ever really captained the team very much he he's very much a leader on the pitch and like so popular with the fans always has time for us and I think he really kind of gets what this club is about um so yeah that's who I voted for and I stand by that decision I voted for Preston as player of the year as well but sort of wanted an honourable mention for Arian Takbash for his end of season performance it was phenomenal I think he really sort of shone did us loads of favours in the last few games so yeah apart from Preston Arian gets my vote and I like the fact he's plucky it's like his attitude I want to go for a drink with him Arian if you're listening Come to that barbecue that Ash is coming to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I voted for Preston because of the reason, same reasons you guys have just given. Uh, I think this was the season that he, like for me, having been such a huge supporter of Phil Wilson and him being such a huge part of the club, um, both on and off the pitch. Uh, 
it's taken a while for Preston to really, I think, step out of, not in his shadow, but, you know, really make himself the Dulwich Hamlet number one and kind of, I don't know what the right word is, you know, to really make that jersey his own. <clears throat> and I feel like this was the season he did it. And it just shows you what a quality player he is, that he did it at a level above. Yeah. Uh, and he really, really stepped up. It's a really nice way of putting it, yeah. Took on responsibility when others around him were really floundering for, you know, a significant proportion of the season. Um, you can't underestimate how difficult it must be to be a goalkeeper playing behind a defence which is so long confidence. That must be really, really difficult. Because in a way, it almost makes your job harder than if there was no defence at all because you can't second-guess what's going to happen in the next phase of play. You don't know who's going to make a mistake or who's not going to track a man. or So you're constantly on your on your toes. And that's quite different to what he's had in previous seasons, I think. Um, and also he's had to adjust to us not playing it out from the back as much as well. So he's had to, he's probably had to work on his kicking a bit because previously he would have rolled out to Ethan or to you know players before that who would have taken the ball out from the back. But since we've gone up, we've been really hitting the channels and hitting the target man more particularly when we had Jay May. Um, so he's adapted in the, in various ways as well. And at the same time, you know, he's, I think he's, maybe he's just being worked harder, but I think his shot stopping's improved. He's made less mistakes and he's been, he's made less mistakes while being busier. So I think he's been brilliant. Yeah. Um, no, I think he absolutely deserved to win the award. Um, both as voted for by fans and by... Us three. So. Uh, Honourable mention to Dippo Akinyemi as well, actually, because he's 21 years old. Uh, we struggled for a lot of the season and he still ended up almost getting 20 goals. I think he ended up on 18 goals. Um, which it's a I, good haul. Which I think is a great return, uh, con- all things considered. He was dropped for quite a lot of games as well. Yeah. So to win his place back as well shows um, resilience. Yeah. I think next year will be, provided, you know, as long as he stays with us, I'm sure he will. A really good year for him to. It could be a season next year. Yeah, that could be the one that gets him to move. I think he just needs to work on his confidence over the summer, and I think it's very difficult for a striker to be playing for a team that have so many people coming in and out of it. You don't settle. So hopefully over the summer we'll get some of that dialed in, and next year we'll just next season we'll be just we'll see him yeah. really really perform. Uh, now it's time for the Ford Hamlet person of the season. This doesn't have to be a player. Uh, it could be a player. It could be a um, personal could management could have team. Could have a jingle for this. Could have done. It's too late now. We're too lazy to uh, do that. Uh, it could be a member of staff. It could be a volunteer. It could be a fan. It could be a dog. Uh, it has to not be an inanimate object, though, I imagine, really. Uh, so it has to be something what is alive. <clears throat> That's that's literally about it. Uh, Hugo and I have discussed this. Very, I say discussed this. I think we had a like a three text conversation over who <laughs> we thought it could be, and I'm settled on who mine is. Uh, no pressure. So, uh, Hugo, who is yours? We're calling it for the Hamlet person of the season. So I'm hoping these match up, but they might not. So it might be for the Hamlet mentions of the season. Uh, well, it's someone that I've uh, called upon several times. Uh, since we started doing the podcast again to provide us with um, unrivaled 
statistics and, agree with you. and data um, that I've needed at my fingertips. Um, he loves this club. He's very much become the voice of, of the club as well. Um, I think many would describe him as an unsung hero. I think they would. Um, and go on. I would very much be in favour of Tom Bale being the forward hundred person of the year. Yeah, I, I'm in uh, full uh, agreement. He's been the soundtrack to Dulwich Hamlet now for the past three, four seasons. He provided some of the most iconic commentary that I can remember <laughs> as we got promoted last year. And still now, when I watch the highlights of the playoff final, which I do at least once a month, uh, just him screaming after Dippo's penalty goes in, uh, it still like almost brings a tear to my eye because you can hear his voice breaking when he says, uh, can you believe it? Dulwich, you're up! Dulwich, yeah. Um, I was, yeah, just and I, I just... And so many occasions, uh, he has just... Uh, he has helped really imprint them on my memory because of his words and uh, the passion which just comes out of him which isn't is just purely instinctive uh, as you say because he loves the club um, and the amount of hard work he puts in as well it's not all about loving Dulwich he, when you listen to his commentary he is so knowledgeable about all the other clubs in the league the players that play for them the statistics not just about Dulwich but about other players so he obviously does a hell of a lot of research before each game um, it's, he's done a huge amount of work for Dulwich Hammer TV um, as has Jamal and they're a really modest team who provide a lot of content for people that maybe can't get to the games or even live you know, the live stream um, commentary that he does I've, I've listened to it in Spain this year I've listened to it in Portugal this year I listened to it in the States it's, for like three and, weeks and how many other how many other <laughs> non-league teams can say they've got a full media team behind them you know they don't it's not it's not part of the club's um there's no there's no need to have like it's not a thing we have to have but it's just such an important part that we do have and it's amazing that the fans want it which gives Tom this platform for doing what he's clearly so passionate about great well we're in uh, unison there aren't we um, Tom Bale for the Hamlet Person of the Year 2018-19 If you'd like to follow Tom on Twitter which I imagine you probably do it's Baleboy at Baleboy89 I think so yeah I think you're probably right um, Have we got time to um, cover an anecdote that I heard recently? Oh bugger I didn't tell you. This is going to be the sign off for this season and I think it is totally worth it <sighs> If, so, if we can remember it correctly, oh, I can read the entire. I can read it word for word. It involves Preston Edwards, uh, Catherine Rose, and Preston from the Ordinary Boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get, get told off by, uh, by the by the mayor of Southwark for airing this, I believe. But... So, to set the scene, uh, Catherine Rose, the mayor of Southwark, has an annual bash of sorts. Oh, I've got no idea. This is why it was so brilliant. I mean, she, yeah, she has a mayoral party every year. Um, to celebrate everything good about Southwark. Yeah, I think so. I think she puts his party on for various members of 
the community and probably a few parliamentary members that come down to see what everyone's been up to. And she messaged me on Twitter. Um, obviously, I've met her at a few Dulwich games. She's a huge Dulwich fan. She messaged me on Twitter out of the blue one day when I was at work. And so I just read it out. So I mean, yeah? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so I received a message on Twitter at work. Hello. I have a Preston and a party-related emergency. I need to know if both of you might be available on May the 9th to do a guest DJ slot on my big mayoral party. I'd spoken to Yes Tom, who is the club director, about him and Preston, in inverted commas, doing a slot alongside Craig from Peckham Soul, who is doing a disco club night bit of it. Because, you know, no Preston, no party. <laughs> But it turns out I may have accidentally booked Preston from the Ordinary Boys instead. And yes, Tom is now no Tom because he's remembered he's actually in Amsterdam. Anyway, I have 350 tickets for a party on May the 9th at Flatiron Square with the word Preston on them. Can you ask the real Preston to DM me and see if you two might like to do an hour slot for fun for my mayor's big charity event of the year? Wait, wait, wait. So she wants you and Preston Edwards to do a DJ slot. That's what at she's her asking. Party of the year. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever <coughs> DJed? Uh, only at university, not, not professionally. <laughs> Has Preston Edwards ever DJed? Uh, I, I wasn't aware of the time. <laughs> so she follows up by saying, "I'm sure he's lovely and far from ordinary, but this is the most Dulwich Hamlet football club off the pitch thing that could happen, isn't it?" Any help will be immense. It's in equal parts both my most hilarious and embarrassing episode in quite some time. And that's quite a thing, because I've got form. Yours sincerely, Madam Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me get this straight. She's decided to base her annual party around the slogan, No Preston, No Party. Yes, which is a rip-off of the Andre Pirlo, No Pirlo, No Party. <laughs> as a brand being... Bastardising over the past past couple of seasons. So, a bit left field to begin with, but we'll roll with that. Yeah. And in the time being, she's gone through Tom Cullen to ask if if Preston can DJ. Well, obviously, he's he's thought, oh no, she must mean Preston from the Ordinary Boys. Because he's a musician. Because he's a musician and a DJ, and they've DJed together. And Tom is friends with. Yeah. So he's gone (laughs) off, said to to Preston from the Ordinary Boys, oh, the mayor would like you to DJ at this party with me. Like, do you fancy it? Preston has said yes. He's gone back to the mayor and and said, yeah, we're we're all set. And she's been like, oh no, I meant Preston Edwards, the the non-league goalkeeper. So Tom has got to go back. So Preston for the Ordinary Boys, cancel him. Let him down very gently, I'm Yeah, assuming. sorry mate, we've got a non-league keeper who's more fun than you. How's he going to DJ with his gloves on? <laughs> so I actually phoned Preston Edwards and said, Hey Prest, me again. What are you doing on May the 9th? <laughs> me again. <laughs> have, are you any good, have you ever DJed? He said, I've never DJed, mate. <laughs> um, but I'm happy to give it a go, which was sort of my, my thinking as well. Um, and unfortunately, May the 9th is Preston's wife, Mia, it's her birthday. Oh, coincidence. Yeah. Well, so we can't do it. So we can't do Unavailable. it. Unavailable. So currently, you're the only available person. So she's gone from having Tom Cullen, who is a has a history of music. He was a drummer in various bands. And his mates with Preston 
from the ordinary boys who is, is you know, a, as probably a gold disc. He's a, he's a in a band. She's gone from having those two doing a music night <laughs> to just me. <laughs> I mean, my collection of CDs is pretty appalling. The Offspring. It's The Offspring, uh, a Mancunian band called James, and <laughs> 1989 by Taylor Swift, which I still believe is a seminal album. <laughs> well, well, it's tomorrow. Is it? It's the 8th today. Oh, shit, I've not even done a playlist. <laughs> <laughs> so... The title of the party was No Preston, No Party. Well, it's it's only our alive, SE1, so I think it's a genuinely, I think it's a big thing. Jesus Christ. Well, and there's going to be No Preston, and it's on you for there to be a party. It really is, me. No Preston, No Party. Um, wow. But yeah, I, I heard this story for the first time on, on the train down to Western Supermare, and it did set the tone for the weekend, because it left me in very good spirits. But... Um, <laughs> Apologies to to Mrs. Mayor if we've embarrassed her live on air, but uh, I thought that was too good a story not to share with 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 you lot. <laughs> I loved it. It was brilliant. It was really nice to be considered. I can't think of any other way. Uh, I want to finish this episode to wrap up the season with. To be honest, uh, yeah, that's ideal. Anybody more? Anybody uh, more? Anybody well, I mean, for I, I love else? a plug Anything? for anyone that's listened to um, the podcast that I've featured on before. I do love a plug, especially for Applebee's. Um, but I'd like to mention the No Press and No Party t-shirts, which will be exclusively available on the Forward the Hamlet website very soon. Yeah, we need, well, we don't have a website. It's a well, spreadshirt it's shop. It's a spreadshirt shop, which we can find on the link on their Instagram or Twitter page. Yes, you can. Well, Instagram bio. Um, it's a good job you're not our marketing guy. You know what I mean. <laughs> Listeners, go and buy some f- Forward the Hamlet merch. Go buy some fucking merchandise <laughs> so we can afford some fucking microphones <laughs> and a fucking interface. <laughs> good point, really. Yeah. In a way. Brilliant. Are you going to take me out tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am, because it's Ajax Spurs in the Champions oh League semi-final God, second leg. Which hell. means we can have some predictions and then we'll fuck off. Here really? we go. Prediction. 2-1 Ajax. Oh, it's got to hurt as an Arsenal fan. I'm going to get Ajax. I really want it to be Liverpool Ajax final. I'm going to go 1-0 Ajax. It's going to be close, but they just Spurs won't be able to get through them. Then, as we're not doing another podcast for a little bit, Liverpool Ajax final, Liverpool smash them, Liverpool win the Champions League, and then Manchester City are shit, and then Liverpool win the Premier League, and the double, bish bash bosh, as a Liverpool fan, I'm the happiest bloke ever, had a great season with Dulwich, had a great season with Liverpool, full stop the end. Fucking hell you on a bit, don't you? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Ajax 3, Spurs 1, 4-1 oh. on aggregate, and then I think they'll beat Liverpool in the final. You were just saying that because I did the long thing. 2-1. Fuck off. (laughs) Bye, listeners. See you in 2019 slash 20. See ya. Au revoir. Bye. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Flattering dandies, 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 dandies,
Absolute Pump Dingos. <laughs> 